When I was planning for the Passion and Purpose event in 2019, I was searching for really cool female-led companies who could be involved. Ones who offered products or services that truly helped women to be at their best. Somehow, in my endless Instagram scrolling, I found Helen Hall. Helen is the founder of several companies, and at under the age of 30, her list of accomplishments is truly awe-inspiring. She is the creator of my go-to smoothie edition, the Blender Bomb. Blender Bombs are omega-3 rich smoothie boosters designed to make your smoothie the ultimate meal replacement. What started out as a side hustle has now grown exponentially and branched out into many different ventures. Helen lives and breathes an 80-20 mentality in health and her business. With no signs of slowing down anytime soon, Helen Hall is just at the beginning of her journey. You're listening to Passion and Purpose Radio, and over here, we're making magic happen. Each week, your host and Lady Gets founder, Tia Getzlaff, chats with entrepreneurial experts about their journeys, navigating social media, finding health and happiness, and how to truly live a life you love. Ready to be inspired? You're right where you need to be. Here's your host, Tia Getzlaff. I want to start from the beginning. Tell me, because you've really dove into this health and fitness market. I feel like you're so knowledgeable about nutrition. Was that something that you knew a lot about growing up? Was that instilled in you at a young age? Not at all. I um, do not come from a very health conscious household. Now, now they definitely are more health conscious. But growing up, I was an athlete. So it was kind of that whole exercising every day so you can kind of eat whatever you want and um, not have to worry about weight or anything like that. And it wasn't until college when I started gaining weight because I was eating the same way, but not exercising as much. And that's when I kind of like dove into that world. But I'm not an RD or a dietitian or nutritionist certified or anything like that. I've taken programs and stuff. But what I found is I don't, I don't like to give any advice just because I'm not certified. But if you look at every single diet available out there, the base is at least, at least minimum, 80% of what they suggest for you to eat is whole plant-based foods. So that's kind of where I go with this 80-20 concept of no matter what you do, no matter what you put in your 20%, whether it's meat or cheese, or you continue keeping it veggies or whatever it is, as long as 80% of what you're eating throughout the week is whole plant-based foods, like there's no RD or nutritionist or doctor, dietitian that will disagree with that concept. Let's talk about those college years. So you go away to college and you actually went to school for fashion, didn't you? Yeah. Yes, I did at um, a school in South Carolina, which, which is not a fashionable state, but I had fun. And you're there, you're having fun. You're probably not eating as well as you should, not really getting as much movement in, not sleeping very well. Did you notice a difference in your mental and physical state in how you were living then to now with the changes that you've made? Yes, I would. I gained weight super quickly my freshman year. And it was one of those things where none of my clothes fit. I was constantly wearing baggy clothes, buying the size extra, extra large t-shirts just to cover up my weight gain. And then the weight started going to my face and I hated looking in the mirror. I just, I did not like the way I looked at all. And that really took a toll on my self-confidence as well. Not not like a crazy toll because luckily for me, I've, I've always had confidence based on the way that I treat people rather than necessarily the way that I looked. But I couldn't help but feel a little bit self-conscious that I I gained 30 pounds. You know, none of my clothes would fit. It was a little, I wasn't proud of it. Um, and physically, that was, that was an effect. I gained 30 pounds. My skin was breaking out. 
thousand times worse than it normally does. I had like moderate to severe, I mean, yeah, moderate to severe acne, whereas now I have like very little to some mild acne, but, um, yeah, it definitely took a toll and it it became, I became hyper-focused on trying to figure out how to lose that weight because it was just like consuming me mentally. Right. And when you think about it so much and it just becomes this thing that you're always concentrating on, um, I think that we probably try so many things and our cortisol levels are crazy that the most thing that you're trying to do is not going to happen, right? Like you're trying to lose weight and it's just not going to happen when you're in that kind of a mental state too. Yeah. And that's the, that's the secret right there for anyone out there who is trying to lose weight. I mean, if you actually, you said it right, like cortisol levels, which is your stress hormones can make or break your weight loss journey 100%. So if you are trying to lose weight, but you're not sleeping a lot, that's going to increase your cortisol levels and then your body's going to hold on to that fat. Or if you're over-exercising for what your body needs, your body um, gets in the habit of you know exercising a ton, a ton, a ton a day, like doing high-intensity workouts for an hour or two a day, your body's going to end up hold, eventually holding on to fat because it expects to be burning an excess amount of calories. Um, and so when you're up all night in college and you're partying and you're off your sleep schedule and you know, you're working or you're doing homework all the time. Yeah, your cortisol levels really increase and that makes it even harder to lose weight. That's why as you get older, after you have kids, after your body's been through birth, all those stressful circumstances, it becomes really hard to lose weight as you get older. Right. So after college, um, you didn't go into fashion. You didn't take uh, that route with a career, but you did get like a corporate job that you really weren't happy in. Tell us about that. Cause I know you have a funny story about how you got fired from that job. Yes. So I first went into like the furniture industry for a few months and I really didn't like that. I was sitting at a desk all day and then um, I worked with a recruiting agency and I got a, a job, you know, at a big corporate place in Charleston. And it was kind of where you're the middleman between an insurance company and companies that have a lot of employees. So you just basically, you're the middleman. And so I was on the phone all day, um, clocking out to go to the bathroom. Just, it was a very routine job and it wasn't quite fulfilling for me. It wasn't what, what worked for me. I would cry every day during lunch. I was there for about three months. And then one day I was on the phone with this lady and she was yelling at me about something that the insurance company did that she didn't like or one of their rules. And I put her on hold I was being so nice to her, but I looked at my coworker. I said, God, this woman is being such a bitch. And she, uh, she was like, uh, you don't have me on hold. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Let me get this situation fixed out for you. Like hands are shaking, trembling. I was freaking out um, because I didn't want to get like fired. I, that was embarrassing. I didn't want to do wrong. Um, but anyway, I told on myself to my manager because 30% of the calls ended up getting listened to. And I figured I'd rather be safe than sorry. And I was like, there's no way they'll fire me. Like, it's a simple mistake. This woman was being a bitch. <laughs> no, I got fired. They let me work the rest of the day and called me on my way home and said, yeah, you're not coming back. Yeah, just don't show up tomorrow. <laughs> Some of those things, it's a, it was a blessing in disguise because you might not be where you are today had that not happened. So Yes, and I came home and... My roommate had gotten me, and this was before I started getting into health, like before I started doing it routine, but they had gone to Popeye's and got me mac and cheese with honey mustard because that was my favorite combo. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I love it. So yeah. you had some had some junk food and kind of wallowed in that a little bit, but then you hit the ground running and you went into personal training. I think you that was the kind of the next step for you. Yes. First, I binged watched all of the Gilmore Girl seasons, and then I started taking online classes to become a personal trainer. Okay, so you took a course online, and then, um, yeah, kind of tell me a bit about that. So what was that like? Where did you go to work after that? And then I know that that is kind of what in turn um, led you to Blender Bombs. So talk a bit yeah. about that journey. So I, um, you know, binge watched Gilmore Girls after I got fired. And then after I did that, I started doing more personal development stuff, which I had never spent time on really before. But listening to podcasts, reading books, there's two books that changed my life. One was called Big Magic. And the other one was The Magic of Thinking Big. And um, just because this is also something that people should know, my third favorite book that I've read in the last three years that matches those two is Let My People Go Surfing. So if people are looking for three books to read, those three books. Big Magic, Let My People Go Surfing, and The Magic of Thinking Big. Okay, Um, I'm putting those all on my reading (laughs) list because those are the types of books I love reading. I love them. It changed my life. So then I started going down the rabbit hole on the internet and looking through my search history, kind of seeing what I had been browsing on the internet, what I like to do in my spare time. And it, it wasn't fashion. It wasn't necessarily business. It was health and fitness. So I was like, okay, I love exercise. I will get my personal training license. So I got ACE certified and, um, I started bringing on clients that were friends of friends and just a couple of clients. I never had more than, you know, four clients at a time, four or five clients at a time. And uh, so was doing that. That was making about half my income. And then I was working at a juice bar as well. But eventually then I, um, I realized that with my clients, they weren't necessarily losing weight. Of course, they were getting stronger and their stability was better. And, you know, they were proud that they were working out, but they weren't losing weight because they weren't eating right at home. So then I started making the blender bombs for them to incorporate in their diet. It started with one change a day and then we kind of like worked from there. But the first change was replacing one meal of the day with a blender bomb smoothie. So how did you even know where to begin with making the blender bombs? Were you researching ingredients? Like how did that start and where were you even making them? So when I was in college, I was doing a lot of yo-yo dieting to try and lose that weight. And what really stuck with me and made a lifestyle change was when one of the physicians that I was seeing said, Helen, I said, why am I always hungry? I'll lose the weight, but then gain it right back because I start binge eating. I got Papa John's on speed dial. I'm always hungry. And he said, well, you're not getting enough nutrients. You're not necessarily like fueling your body with what it needs. And he gave me a list of nuts and seeds to have every day that when combined, they're a complete protein. Um, They contain every essential amino acid and every essential fatty acid. And those nuts are what's in the blender bombs. So we have chia seed, hemp seed, flax seed, walnut, pecan, almonds, and then dates and a little bit of honey to bind the ball together. And we added sea salt and vanilla in there for flavor and some bee pollen. Um, but when I was making it for clients, it was just the base nuts and then the the date. And I, I made them into balls because when I gave them these lists of nuts and seeds to have every day, they were like, ain't no way you're going to get me to, to open up eight different bags every morning to make a smoothie or every afternoon to make a smoothie for lunch. Like I'm not going to open up 10 bags and then get a measuring spoon and measure out a half a teaspoon of this, a quarter teaspoon of this and put it in my smoothie. Like I don't have time for that. So I was like, okay, went to Costco, got all the ingredients, 
and figured out um, like what size the ball needed to be to be able to have the correct ratio of those nuts and seeds in there that I had been using in my smoothies. And uh, they then I started just like rolling them in my kitchen. So I started doing it in my kitchen for the first like several months. For the first like four, I can't even remember, honestly, but the first several months I started doing it in my kitchen and selling it to them. And everyone was loving them. That is really how you began to grow because everyone was talking about them and you were posting testimonials. Exactly. That was the main thing is that people noticed when they had that blender bomb smoothie consistently five days a week that they no longer felt the intense urges to binge eat or they didn't crave, you know, bad food all the time. And they just, it's, it's baby steps. You do one thing a day consistently. And once you build that habit, you become proud of yourself. And then you want to do the next thing that makes you a better, makes you feel better. So whether it's eating, you know, a veggie heavy dinner or exercising more or going on walks or adding in meditation, it's like a domino effect thing. And it's kind of like, you know, and I, I use this reference a lot, but how Steve Jobs wore, uh, wore the same outfit every day, just because that was one less thing he had to think about in his day so he could focus on building his business. It's the same thing with families. When you know that one of your meals is going to be a fully nutritious, literally everything you need to survive in one smoothie, a blender bomb smoothie with your fruits and your vegetables, if you want your water, your ice, your bomb butter, your blender bomb, all in one smoothie. That's one meal a day. Every day, you know you're going to have. It's one less thing to think about. And if you give it to your kids, you can rest easy knowing that your kids got the nutrition that they need. And um, it's just, it takes one thing off your plate and it's empowering. Yeah. And there's something to be said for the mental energy that you still have to put towards something like that. Like it may not have taken that much time for them to make them themselves, but you still have to think about it. So when it's already done for you, you can kind of check that off and it just saves energy. It's so true. And if you can't afford the blender bombs, they're $2 and 50 cents per blender bomb, then absolutely start by buying all of those ingredients and then just trying to put it in your smoothie yourself. It'll take an extra you know, five, six minutes, but do what you can to just try and feel that sense of food freedom and like getting all those foods in your smoothie. It really does help. And I mean, I'm not one to talk because I'm at a point I, okay. So I own blender bombs and then I own a smoothie bar, but I Uber eats a smoothie to my house four or five days a week. Yeah. But it's saving you so much time. That is why I pay for time. When you wanted to start this, did you feel like you had a good support system in place? Like, when did you know that it was probably bigger than you'd ever imagined? Where did you kind of turn when you were like, okay, I think that I, I, came, I came into something here and, and it's bigger than I thought it could be? Yeah, so that, that's a good question. I love that question because I still don't feel that way. Um, if you were to look at our sales, then you would be like, holy shit, this is a really big company, but I don't look at our sales. I don't, I don't, I don't want to ever get that sense of overwhelm because I don't see it in my bank account yet. <laughs> Let's just say that because we're constantly reinvesting every single penny that we make into building our team or making our um, systems more efficient. And so we're not, we're not like crushing it in that sense, but the real when I first realized it was bigger than I could have imagined was just like consistently having to stay up all night, sleeping four hours a night for like weeks on end, having to call friends to have them come help me. My support system was amazing, which is what you just asked. My girlfriends were absolutely amazing, but I did have 
a pretty, you know, toxic ex-boyfriend, boyfriend at the time. And he was just kind of like, I don't know why you're wasting your time on this health and fitness. Like you need to go get a real job. And, um, I showed him, I showed him what's up. I showed him who was, who was wrong. How did you kind of have the courage and the guts to just go for it when somebody who should have supported you didn't? Those two books, The Magic of Thinking Big and Big Magic. And the, the, I think it was Big Magic where I read this and I'll never forget it. But it talks about how there's tons of ideas in the universe and ideas and whether this is true or not, this is just how I frame it in my head and it, it works. So I go with this, this kind of mindset. But there's a ton of ideas in the universe and they bop from person to person and they're fleeting. So you might have an idea and if you don't write it down or if you don't act on it immediately, that idea will go bop to someone else. And then if that person acts on it, then they're the one that takes the cake. So you see a lot of people who start businesses and you read comments on blogs or on Instagram posts like, oh my God, I had this idea like three years ago. But it's like, okay, an idea is just an idea until you act on it. So the idea and the concept of a blender bomb popped into my head and immediately I acted on it. And that is now what I do when I have an idea that in my gut, I know it could work if executed correctly, I act on it. And about probably 80% of the time, like that 80-20 rule, it, uh, it works. And about 20% of the time it fails and you move on and you go back and focus on that 80% that is working. But my eat, sleep and breathe execution. If I have an idea, I execute on it. And now I have a team where I can kind of work with them so they can help me execute it. Um, And it has made a world of difference having a team that you can trust and rely on. I, I love that because you're right. So many people have ideas and maybe you're just, you know, thinking, oh, that's silly. Lots of people maybe think of things like this, but I don't believe that we come into things by chance. Like I think that that was meant for you. And obviously this is your path. If anybody out there is listening, if there's something that you want to do and you've been thinking about it, you can't stop thinking about it. You need to just go for it. Right. And even if you don't have the means or the time at this certain point in your life to, to execute on it fully, write it down, think about it constantly. You can sort of manifest it that way. And when that time is right, jump on it. Otherwise someone will get to it first. Also, somewhat letting go of being ready, because I think that that, I don't know if being ready ever really exists for anything. Um, you kind of just have to jump in with two feet and and figure it out as you go. So much is trial and error. And I even think about so many businesses that I love that I know didn't come from a formal business plan. It was just, they loved it. They were passionate about it. And you just figure it out as you go. Right. We've never had a business plan. But of course, there's the burden where a lot of people are worried about finances, which is why getting a... This is... I had a friend. I have two friends, actually, that called me in the last week. They called me crying because they were so miserable at their jobs. And they were making a lot of money at both jobs or adequate money at both jobs. And they were terrified to leave, even though they were miserable. It wasn't their passion. They knew what they wanted to do, but they didn't want to leave. And then one of them was like, I, I'm not going to leave until I have another job set up. And I told her, I said, Hey, why don't you just go be a server? You make so much money as a server. And then you can work nights or you can work part-time as a server, just making enough income to survive so that you can start planning out and working on what it is you're really passionate about. She said, no, she said, I don't want to take a step backward. And that to me is an issue because 
if you were to take a step backward, it's only a pill from there. I mean, you give yourself time. Time is the most valuable thing. And time is what you need to work on a project or a business. And so it, it's that ego aspect that you kind of have to get rid of. Whereas my other friend, what she did is because she didn't feel ready at the exact time, she started, she went to a therapist. So she invested in a therapist and the therapist kind of guided her on realizing that what you just said, there's no better time than now. And if you want something, you'll make it happen. So it's getting into that mindset. Totally. And I think it's about who you surround yourself with too. Having someone like you in their circle is only going to help because seeing what you've done is motivating and inspiring. So I think it's about again, who you surround yourself with and just uh, keeping people in your life that are positive and happy and love what they do. Right. And the people who are, are toxic to you just like slowly weed them out. And, and not even, they don't have to be toxic, but if they're not encouraging or if you feel a little resistance toward them, just lead them out. And if, if they want to stay in your life or they want to be back in your life, like it'll, it'll happen naturally for the most part. One of my favorite things to do for my friends is send flowers. And a couple years ago, I learned of a small Canadian company called Calia, and I fell in love with their business model. They sell these amazing luxe bouquets that are hand tied in paper, placed in a beautiful box and delivered. The prices are great and everything is done online. With a few clicks, you can have a special gift that your loved ones will absolutely adore. You can plan in advance and purchase flowers for all sorts of occasions and never worry about missing a birthday again. Next time you want to send flowers or would like a bouquet to have at home, try Calia. You can find them online at calia.com. That's C-A-L-L-I-A.com and use the code LADY5 for $5 off. It's seriously the best new way to send flowers. From where you started with Blender Bombs to now, like when did you hire your first employee? How, what did that feel like? What was that like? And what does your team look like today? So I hired my first, at first, when I first started, my friends were helping me for free. They didn't take any money, but then I would just like forcefully Venmo them a few bucks too. But they were super supportive. Love my friends. Shout out to Marielle and Fran and Julia, who are always there helping me roll Blender Bombs. And um, then I hired a girl named Kelly who I traded for massage therapy for Blender Bombs. We met in an elevator at an apartment and we became friends. But whenever I was getting a massage from her, it was once a month. And we just talked about podcasts. We just had the same like work ethic. And then she became my part-time assistant. So she would come over at seven in the morning, help me package. I've never seen someone hustle so much in my entire freaking life. And she was my part-time assistant for a few months. And then she was like, okay, why don't we start a smoothie bar? So now she's my business assistant in the smoothie bar um, concept. But then my first full-time person was my boyfriend, Scott. And so it was almost exactly a year after I started that he quit his attorney job and he hopped on board with me. And that was really fun at first. And just the two of us, like we vibed and then I had to hire more people. So I started hiring my friends. And right now, three years later, two years, it was two years ago that I hired Scott. And now we have a team of nine people. And once we hired more people, the dynamic between me and Scott, it did. We struggled for a few months because like, he wanted to manage people, then I wanted to manage people. And now we kind of figured out our sweet spot where I manage the marketing and he manages the retail and the, the retail marketing aspect of things. 
and we just we stay in each other we stay in our own lanes um but my team is the best team ever in the world we are all friends we don't have an office but what we do instead of having an office is we go on team retreats once a month or every other month or we go out to dinner a lot so instead of paying you know two thousand dollars for an office we we take that or not it doesn't end up being two thousand dollars but we take you know a couple hundred dollars every month and we invested in time spent together where we're not working and it it's beautiful like we are very respectful to each other when we have an issue or we don't like the way something's done we talk about it kindly and we talk about it not from a place of ego but from a place of hey this can help us all do better and perform better and it'll be a trickle down uh, effect on all of our work ethics and it's it's worked great. So you have Blender Bombs, you have a few other businesses like Hush Up and Hustle is kind of a lifestyle brand that you've created because I saw online you you do interviews and stuff too. And I, are you starting an app with that? We will one day. So we got about halfway through development and we realized now's not the time. Um, we want to right. launch a few more of the 8020 products first and we'll change the the name of the app to 8020. And we're going to launch some more products and then we'll go back to the app just because it wouldn't make sense to, like it, it, we got to the point in the development of the app where we started adding products for sale, but it would be too expensive to um, totally rechange the format once we have all of our 80-20 products. So we're pausing it for a second. So yeah, you've got the 80-20 market, you've got Blender Bombs, you've got the smoothie bar and you're working on some alcohol too the tipsy spritzers yeah it's and i'm done i'm done after that but we have hush up and hustle (laughs) right i know i really am done and i mean it no more businesses just projects but so hush up and hustle is the holdings company and i own hush up and hustle and then under that umbrella we've got blender bombs and then which is me and scott and then we've got Tipsy Spritzers, which is me and a girl named Katie. And then we've got 8020 Market, which is me and a girl named Naomi and Kelly. And then we've got Hustle Smoothie Bar, which we're gearing up to be a franchise. And that is me and Scott and Kelly. And under the smoothie bar, we have two locations. And one of them is just me, Scott, Kelly. And one of them is me, Scott, Kelly, and Casey, who works for Blender Bombs. So it's just super intertwined. But that's one thing with business is you've got to protect yourself by having all these different Everything has to be a different LLC because if one business um, goes bankrupt or has liabilities, you don't want it to affect your other businesses. Right. And do a lot of your employees work at all the companies then? No. So Hush Up and Hustle. Um, so the Blender Bombs team, which is 10 people in that business, is the oldest and you know produces the most revenue. That's why we have the most amount of team members. But we've got two people on Blender Bombs who are strictly Blender Bombs. And then the other people are blender bombs mostly and sometimes occasionally hush up and hustle. And the reason why we have them working on hush up and hustle, which is the marketing firm for blender bombs is because hush up and hustle is what kind of tells the brand story. It tells the who, what, when, where, why behind blender bombs. And it gives something that people can relate to and resonate with and follow in the footsteps up or realize they don't want to follow in those footsteps. And so it's that, it's that personal touch behind a company. But it's one of those things where I had those ideas pop in my head and I knew I wanted to pursue them. And Tipsy Spritzers was the last business we started. And that's by far been the hardest just because of the alcohol industry regulations. But I have not had another business that I want 
to do. Like, in fact, I know for a fact, I do not want to start any more businesses ever. Projects, yes, but businesses, no. So like projects within the businesses, whether it's starting a podcast or writing a book or a recipe book or a Netflix show, things like that. Um, but those will all happen later. Ooh, a Netflix show. Yes. Get in on that. That's my dream. My dream is to film a show where I gain 30 to 40 pounds, show people how I gain it and like what happens to my mindset as I gain it and my relationship with myself and my relationship with others after I gain it. And then to show people how to help healthily lose it while not um, falling into that sort of yo-yo fad dieting, like eating disorder kind of thing that most people go through when trying to lose weight because they've been there, done that. It's not fun. Um, and just show people how to lose it with 80-20 and like blender bombs and being kind to your body and you know losing one pound a week. So I'm steady and uh, I really just want to give people a tangible way to, to follow along with the weight loss journey. Since so many people are trying to lose weight, but get stuck with eating disorders and yo-yo right. dieting, which we don't want. Can, ha, have you looked into that? Like, how would something like that work? Can you just film it and then try to sell it to Netflix? Because <laughs> I will watch. Yeah, no, I know, right? I am not ready. So we've got to have the 80-20 products developed, tipsy spritzers has to be developed, and the app has to be. Actually, I don't. I can't decide if the app should be developed before or if I should build it as I'm doing the program. I don't know. We'll see. But that's like two or three years out. Okay, I would like to know a bit more about the 80-20 concept that you follow because I I know you talked a bit about it, but I know you do some other things like intermittent fasting. I think you like to meditate in the morning. Can you just give us an overall view of what an average day for you looks like? To preface, you know, everyone is so different and one thing is the way that I eat is based off of me really truly exercising like intentionally for 30 minutes twice a week, or five minutes a day, five times a week, like I don't I don't do a lot of high intensity exercise, maybe it's a 60 minute high intensity exercise once a week. But I do a ton of walking. So I walk all the time I walk the dog, I walk myself, I walk places I love walking. But I really don't exercise very much. Whereas when I describe what I'm about to eat, it's, it's going to be different for people to based on the exercise schedule, they might eat more. But that's why when I put my what I eat in a day on my story, I prefaced it with how many hours I slept and um, how much I exercise. Because people who wake up at 5, 6, 7 a.m., they're going to eat more because they're up for more hours of the day. Whereas I wake up around 8 or 9. But anyway, I digress. So I wake up. I wake up whenever I want to wake up unless I have something going on. And that's normally between 8 and 9. And then I do, I do meditation. I just switched to an app called... Uh, waking up with Sam Harris. And it's phenomenal. I love it. I like to switch up like my meditation apps every now and then. Sometimes I do silent meditations. And sometimes I want a little more guidance. So it just totally depends on my week. I don't put any rules surrounding that. Then I walk the dog. um, Or I'll sit in bed for a little bit longer and do emails from my from my phone, which is my new thing to do after I meditate. And then I'll walk the dog. I haven't been doing that because Scott has a dog and I'm in Atlanta visiting my family right now. Um, And then I'll make coffee or I'll go get some coffee somewhere. And I really don't settle down to start working until around 9.30 or 10, which is one of the reasons why with the Blender Bombs team or anyone really that works for for us, their hours are 9.30 to 3.30. And then if they need to finish up other projects, they finish them up either before or at night because some people work better 
in the morning and some people work better at night. So for me, I work way better at night. So I will work during the day and then um, we'll quit my day early and pick my computer back up around eight and um, or seven or six, depending on my workload and just work at night. But that's worked really well. And then I eat lunch between 11 and 12. And it's usually five days a week. It's a blender bomb smoothie, five or six, seven. Again, I don't want to give rules because it, it totally just depends. But normally it's um, five days a week blender bomb smoothie with granola on top or no granola. And I'll put some of the 80-20 market cookies on top. And then I have a snack around three or four or five. And it's that goes can be whatever. It can be sushi. It can be plant-based sushi. It can be you know, hummus and crackers or hummus and veggies, or it can be a couple slices of pizza. It can be whatever. And then for dinner, I do like to eat carbs for dinner. It's my favorite thing. So whether it's pizza with some vegan cheese or some real cheese, I don't eat any meat um, usually, maybe like twice a year, but don't usually eat any meat. And I think that's why, and I don't eat a lot of cheese, which is why I do, I'm able to eat a lot of carbs and not gain weight. And that's just my body. Everyone has a totally different body. Um, But I digest, you know, unrefined grains really well. So whether it's whole wheat or uh, rice or quinoa or farro or lentils or beans, whatever it is, carb heavy things, because that's what keeps me full. When I was doing the same routine and I was, you know, eating vegetables, like heavy vegetables for dinner and no carbs, I was ravenously hungry. So the carbs kind of keep me full. And um, then, yeah, bedtime, bedtime, whenever between 11 and 12. Yeah, I think that you hit the nail on the head when you talk about everybody being different because we we see all these diet fads and what works for some people and we get so frustrated when we try it and it doesn't work for us. And so much of it is almost you need to practice intuitive eating and just Absolutely. what is good for you, what feels good for you, listen to your body. Like you're not going to, it's not going to steer you wrong. Like if you are eating something and you don't feel well, like you probably shouldn't eat that or yeah, just so many things that I think we, we buy into that maybe just aren't for us. That's why they're not working. And that's why I like blender bombs is because blender bombs are what allowed me to finally feel a sense of food freedom because I didn't have those intense cravings anymore. And whenever I did have cravings, I knew it was like actually a real craving. It wasn't because I was, you know, deficient in anything or my body wasn't, wasn't eating enough. It was because I actually wanted something. And so then I would allow myself to have it and it's intuitive eating. And I say, I call it 80, 20, because that's a base. Like I prioritize getting a lot of vegetables and plant-based foods and whole wheats and whole grains in my diet, but I'm not actually sitting there like calculating my meals and being like, did I eat 80% vegetables? You know, I'm not doing that. It's just a mindset kind of this balance, like just try not to be a hundred percent. No one's perfect. And and trying to reach for perfection is a little scary. Well, and I have, I'm kind of a, while I'm already wet, may as well go swimming. So if I have a piece of pizza, I'm like, well, okay, I ruined the whole day or I ruined the whole weekend. I may as well go pick up some fast food. So I think allowing yourself that freedom to to follow something 80% of the time just feels a lot more doable and a lot more human. Right. And it, like we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, your cortisol levels, it really helps, um, you know, keep your cortisol levels straight and in line because you don't have this unattainable goal of doing something 100%. 
with all these businesses, can you talk a little bit about what it was like to break into these markets and kind of how you even found a mentor or knew where to turn with starting this? Because like you said, the alcohol market is crazy. You're, you know, struggling there right now to to figure it all out. Where did you turn when you wanted to start all these businesses? I just asked everyone I knew questions. I used Instagram as well. Like this was back when I had a thousand, two thousand followers. I wasn't like trying to be an influencer or anything at the time. But I would put up I would ask questions on my Instagram and then people would DM me answers and I would read all the DMs and screenshot, you know, one that really resonated with me, put it back on my story and, you know, give the girl thanks or whatever. And so-and-so would connect me with so-and-so. And I just asked everyone I knew questions. And this is where the execution comes into play is I executed on asking people questions. And when they gave me a little hint, I would take it a mile and I would execute on trying to figure out more and more and more. And, um, with the finding a co-packer for blender bombs, which we found after about nine months, I think, I honestly don't even know. I think it was nine months. We'll just say nine months. <laughs> but I called every co-packer that I could find in the Southeast. And the only one that returned my call was the one that I ended up going with in North Carolina. So that was an example of, of that. And But before finding a co-packer, I mean, there's thousands of co-packers. I narrowed it down um, because I kept DMing this guy who had a bar company. And I was like, I have questions. Can we talk? It took like two months for him to finally hold me, get a hold of me back. And I asked him what type of machine I needed. And he told me I needed a VMAG machine. And then I found co-packers online that, that had like that keyword on their website or something and just kept calling. And then with the tipsy spritzer stuff, the organic wine, my business partner is a shark. And it's the same thing. We just call, 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 ask, 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 annoy, annoy, annoy people till they give us an answer. And um, right. <laughs> the people who really help us out, we thank them. We send them thank you gifts. We send them thank you notes. And then that makes them want to help you even more. It's just like this continuous cycle of asking for people's help and then gratitude for them helping you and on and on and on. And I think sometimes when you're starting a business, you get you're maybe a little bit shy or scared. It feels awkward to ask for help, but everybody has started, you know, especially in the entrepreneurial world, we've all started somewhere. So I'd be more than happy to help someone if they wanted to start a podcast and, you know, vice versa. So I think you just need to just ask. People are willing to help. Someone who you want to take advice from is someone who's going to want to help other people. So if someone doesn't want to help you, then you don't want their advice because you don't want to be like them. That's so true. How do we get you here in Canada? Because I tried the product. I I found you on social media and I have family in California. So on a trip there, I like stockpiled on all the things and brought them back because right now I don't think you're shipping to Canada. How can we make that happen? What what does that I look know. like? If if anyone in Canada knows a distributor who wants to pick up the blender bombs and bring them to Canada, let me know. I'm your girl, Helen at blenderbombs.com. <laughs> but what if there's just smaller, like kind of mon organic shops that would be willing to? Because I know a few here locally that I'm sure would love to carry the product. Is that doable? I think I just need more clarification on the nutrition labels. I have been told, and I haven't confirmed this, that you have to have like a French nutrition label to be able to go into Canada market or Canadian markets. 
Um, and same with, but I'm not sure I have to check on that. We actually just hired someone who hopefully will be able to take this project on this year. Um, cause she has the bandwidth too, but also with shipping there, it's so expensive. Uh, and I mean, if people want to pay it, like that's something we can talk about, but I feel bad charging someone like double the cost just to ship it there. Is it because of the size and weight of the product or is it because it's a somewhat perishable item? I think it's just the distance that makes it so expensive. It'll be like 20 or $30 to, um, and right now we have it set up that we give free shipping for anyone who orders over $60, um, which we would lose money if we did that, sending it to Canada. But we got we can figure it out for sure. I mean, there's there's no reason not to figure it out. I'm going to write that down. See, this is me executing. I got to write it down. We'll chat out about it after this because, like I said, I have a couple small places in my city that I know of that I'm sure would love to carry it. So maybe we can figure something out. I need them here. I, I really want to try the bomb drizzle because that was one thing that I didn't order. And I'm like, I need that peanut butter drizzle on everything. You got to have it. Yeah. Oh my God. It's so good. I don't even know if you know this. I'm sure you do. But on your website, I was looking at all the different flavors of things that you guys have. Did you know that you literally don't have a product that doesn't have a five-star review? Like everybody is obsessed. I've never looked at the reviews because it gives me anxiety. No, everybody loves them. (laughs) That's so awesome. Literally every product you have five-star reviews. So you're killing it. You're going to make me cry. (laughs) Well, that's what we want. We want to like actually make a difference in people's like eating routines. The goal is food freedom and, and building healthy habits. And, um, you know, if you don't do those habits one day, it's okay. But God, I just, we've, as girls, most of us have been there, like eating disorder world. And it's just, I want to get everyone away from that, but also feeling good and, and being healthy and fueling their bodies. That's the goal. Right. Um, I want you to touch just a little bit on the business side of social media and marketing. Is there any advice that you have for small businesses um, on things that have actually really worked for you, like ads, or is it really good photography or delegating that task to someone else? Consistency? What are your tips to all of that? So we um, have an ambassador program. It's called Bombastadors. And we have about 100 girls across the United States that um, we send them free products once a month and they post about it. A lot of times they post about it more than once a month. Um, but not only that, we have two girls who run the Bombastador program and they are always checking in with our Bombastadors, seeing how they're doing, like being friends, talking about their lives, not necessarily just, you know, hey, here's this product, change it. Like we're so invested in our customers' lives. We respond to every DM. We respond to every comment. And if we miss one by accident, just like send us a reminder and we'll we'll follow right back up. Um, but we are invested. It's not just like a transaction for us. It's we want to be, we want Blender Bombs to be a part of your life forever and your kids' lives and your family's lives and your friends' lives. And we want to be there with you. So we take it more than just transactional. We ask questions, we invest our time. And um, yeah, we're, we're right there with you because we've all had our own journeys. Um, other marketing tips would be email, email blasts. And we started those late in the game, but. We send out an email about once a week, sometimes six times a month, and we make it really pretty. And within the email, we make sure to answer any possible questions that the consumer might possibly have. So we try to think about, we read the email, and then we try to think about what questions a new consumer or an old customer might have. And we answer those questions in the email. So who, what, when, where, why, how. 
um, behind whatever we're discussing in the email. We change up the content. And there is another podcast called Entrepreneurs on Fire. It's short and sweet. You know, they post all the time. Um, I would suggest anyone trying to start a business to listen to that because they really help you with digital marketing aspects. But one thing that I learned recently that we're starting to implement is video repurposing. So we have a guy who films two videos for us a month and they're just one minute videos. But from those videos, we chop them up. We chop that one minute up into like four different 15 second segments and we change the text. We change the the wording. We change the sizing to fit Pinterest, LinkedIn, Twitter, IGTV, YouTube, Instagram story, and um, I'm sure something else, but oh, TikTok. And then we change the captions to be something that maybe the audience of that particular platform would be interested in. And we change the video and we post it randomly throughout throughout the month just to keep people on their toes. And I always add captions because 85% of people watching video do not listen to the video. Right. Um, do you follow or know of Gary V? Because he is a huge advocate yeah. for that. Yeah, he does that. He has... He's great. I know. I love him. I'm obsessed. I love that he swears. I think he's so just <laughs> real and raw. And uh, I love everything that he does. But anyways, he talks about repurposing content. Like he'll do, you know, one keynote speech and have hundreds of little snippets of video and audio to use for social media. So sometimes you don't really need to do as much work as it maybe seems. It, you can... Right. Yeah. Awesome. It's funny. I actually sent one of Gary Vee's videos to Sky yesterday regarding the cursing because someone asked him like, hey, do you curse in front of your kids? And he was like, absolutely. I curse in front of my kids. And I was like, that's going to be me. Absolutely. Yeah, I love him. I just, like I said, I think everything, it's like he just spits the truth and some of the things are harsh that he has to say, but he's just so real. He's never going to sugarcoat it. And I feel like that's how I am. So I, I relate to that. I know that you said you're not going to start any more businesses, but can you give us a little sneak peek on anything that you maybe have coming up? We have brownies um, for a 20 market coming up, we have bomb bars for blender bombs and we have a uh, tipsy launching this year. And then I'm trying to think we're working on pancake mix, but so far it's been a fail, but stay tuned. We're going to make it right. Oh, and granola cereal for eighty twenty, which is going to be fun. Ooh, yes. I can't wait to try that one because I loved your blender bombs granola. That was probably my favorite thing that I bought. It didn't last long at all in our house. Okay. I want to end off with just some rapid fire questions, more personal questions, kind of a would you rather type situation. So if you had the chance to do a vacation anywhere in the world, would you do like a big city and go sightseeing or are you more of a relax on a beach kind of girl? Definitely relax on a beach. I would do Turks and Caicos as my next stop. Read a book or listen to podcasts? Podcasts. If you're going on a date night, would you like to stay in and cook or go out for a nice dinner? Go out, for sure. I don't like to cook <laughs> yet. Get up early and start the day or sleep in and work from home or pull your computer into bed and, and work for a bit? Definitely that. Work from home in bed. And wine or like fancy cocktails? Like I'm a margarita girl. Oh, it depends on the season. Wine during the winter and the fall, but 
um, cocktails during the, the summer and the spring. Yeah, amazing. Perfect. Well, thanks again so much, Helen. I'm so excited to get this out for everybody because I think you've shared a lot of insight and everybody's going to love to hear from you. And I'm, we're going to get blender bombs here in Canada. I will help in any way. Yeah, we are. Thanks for listening to another episode of Passion and Purpose Radio. Find a recap of the show plus extra info and links at ladygets.com. Loved the episode? Share it with a friend. Let's all grow together. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back again real soon. And until then, keep living with passion and purpose.